As it's live, so you, you need to start again. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was great. I like the singing part. <laughs> Hi, everyone, data stories number 16, and uh, yeah, in the first episode in 2013. Hi, Moritz, how are you? Hi, Enrico, I'm super great. We are. We are again on the Hangout, on the Google Hangout. Yeah. Is it like, I, is it only me in the camera picture or is it you now as well? It's, uh, I think it's only me when I speak and then you when you speak and so on. Is it like that? We don't yeah, want to yeah, mess yeah. up anything. I can see it live. Cool. You know what happened the last time, right? Exactly. <laughs> we had Benjamin all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have... Another episode here, and we thought about having some guests to talk about what happened in 2012, the major developments in this, and what is going to happen in 2013, what's, what, what are the major um, trends, right? That's so right. So we have three fantastic guests. We have Andrew van der More. I always have problems spelling your name. That's <laughs> Andrew, okay. I'm sorry. I, I'm improving. How are you? From Infostatics. I don't know if I have to say that. <laughs> uh, I think so, but yeah, I'm fine. We Thanks already had, me. had you. We had you recently on the podcast. Yes, at the end of this week. Of few, I think you are one of the few ones who, who was invited twice so far. <laughs> With this included. With this included, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you're not very happy about that. I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah, <laughs> we're running out of good guests. I mean, missed that. Really, Damn, yeah. why did we ask him again? Yeah. <laughs> then we have Andy Kirk from Visualizing Data. Good Hi, evening. Hi, Andy. Good evening. How are How you? Very well, thank you. This is my third episode. Third. Third. Not bad. So, not bad. I this guy. would expect yeah. probably a prize. Is that right? Wow, well, prize. Sure. Yeah, you should. And uh, yeah. No, wow. clearly. <laughs> and Andy's from visualizingdata.com, I think. Did we mention? Yeah, twice. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Visualizing with, a, with an S, by the way. Yes. Visualizing. Very British, right? That's right. Yeah. Unless you talk about my book, which is Z. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit sore. Andy, we started in a, just a few minutes ago and you're already advertising your stuff. That <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. There, there must be a button to get rid of these types of people. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Spam bots everywhere. <laughs> and then we have Brian Connor from the Y-Axis. Hi, Brian. How are Hello you? Hello there, guys. This is my first episode. Oh, you guys. wow. That's but true. I think you you linked to me at least scared? once before. <laughs> How is it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. We are. It's great to have you on the on this episode. So maybe this might might be the first one of a long series as the other guys. <laughs> Hope so. So we want to expect any prizes, Brian. <laughs> no prizes. No. <laughs> no prizes. I'm still waiting for. The gift from Santa, Andy. It's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. Okay. Yeah. He's coming. Okay. So we want to talk about major developments and trends in 2012 and in the future, 2013. So, Brian, maybe you want to start talking about what happened in 2012? Sure. Yeah. I put together a little list of things. Um, but uh, one of the first things I saw was a really strong increase in, in a lot of like education and training around data visualization. And I think um, part of that comes from, uh, you know, the training courses that Andy's been working on. Andy came to Baltimore and we, uh, we, we looked at the course and we did, I, I, I took part in his course in Baltimore. And, um, but there's a lot of other things too. I've been, I've been working on a, uh, a program at MICA, which is a master's program in information visualization. And there's also been, um, Alberto Cairo's, uh, you know, massive online course, yeah. um, data visualization, a couple other things too. And, uh, so that, that's one, that's one strong trend. I've also seen, um, you know, interest in other areas, but nothing sort of developed yet. I've, I've seen a little bit of interest from, um, lynda.com and doing some data viz things, but, uh, nothing, nothing developed from that yet. 
it's true, it's true. Education has been a big thing this year. And um, I hear some noise. Somebody has a yeah. cell phone or something. Okay. Maybe that's me again. Also, I discovered I I have to switch actually who's in the picture. Okay. I have so to do that manually now. Yeah. You're the TV producer. Yeah. So I'll I'll keep it on me. <laughs> <laughs> Just for convenience. But, but there should be a way to make it automatic. I mean, it is automatic in your normal chat, but right now I think I'm controlling who's who's in the final recording, who's visible. So right now it's you, Enrico. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, ju but just so if I'm a bit <laughs> like preoccupied, don't, don't get confused. <laughs> I have to change the camera. At least this time it's on you. It's up yeah. to you. But just, just to pick up on uh, Brian's opening point there, I think it's, uh, from my perspective, it's been interesting to see the, the growth in people being interested in, in receiving training not just in public courses, but also yeah. in uh, organizational sort of private settings. Uh, and, you know, the, the sheer volume of signups on Alberto's uh, course is, is quite staggering. I think he's probably reached the 5,000 limit now for the next, the second course. And I think that's testament to, to probably just the, the general awareness of data visualization, the, just the sheer, um, I guess, recognition of what that term actually means now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's always been a, a barrier to, the growth of the field, people just even knowing what the name is of what this discipline is. So I think that's, I would expect uh, myself to, to see that grow in the next 12 months and, and, and beyond really in terms of a key development. But um, I, I guess from my point of view, obviously I've done a couple of posts over the last uh, year to summarize my own view of the sort of top things that I've developed. And I, mean, I think one of the standout um, trends has definitely been the take up of, uh, and development of D3, um, where I think it was maybe 18 months, 12, uh, two years now since it first came on the scene and the, the explosion in usage, particularly over the last 12 months, I think has been staggering. And I guess the higher profile uh, appointment of uh, Mike Bostock at the MIT has been a, a significant catalyst for that. But also the, you know, the, the sort of tutorials that you see from the likes of Scott Murray and Jerome and uh, Jim, and there's a lot of people now sharing and, and kind of creating a community around this uh, program environment that processing has had for, you know, it's five, ten years. So I think that has really been a, a key trend. And, and some of the work that's going into D3 developments these days is, is, is fantastic. So did any of you guys give a look to the to Alberto Cairo's online course? Personally, no. Uh, Alberto suggested it wasn't necessarily for us as a demographic, but I mean, obviously, for those who are new to the subject, it's. I mean, just out of curiosity to see how he organized it and what kind of content he put there. The thing like it was limited, so you couldn't access it after a while. So I, I tried to get okay. in, but but then it was full already. And the first run was just a few hundred people, I think. Mm -hmm. And now it's it's thousands. So you're right. I, I missed it again to sign up. <laughs> but it's you really need a course, uh, Moritz. You really need one. Yeah, <laughs> need to brush up <coughs> my certain scaling say, skills. Tell you before, yeah. but no, but I, th I think it's, it would be really interesting in how how he how he approaches it, mm -hmm. especially yeah, from a, a purely introductory perspective as well. Yeah, you know how to get people over that first obstacle of you know what is this subject and all the different. As we've talked about in previous episodes, you know all the different subjects that converge into one. I mean, that's not no no uh, easy feat, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'd like to second on the Mike Bostock at the D three thing. So, so if I have, would have to pick a person in InfoWiz, like the biggest person, would definitely be Mike this year. I mean, he, he's done fantastic work with the New York Times in the few months he's been there, really. And D3 alone is such a masterpiece. And it's, mm -hmm. as you say, it's growing and it's not just centered around him, but there's like at least five or 10 <coughs> people who are really, really involved with the whole um, community. That's right. There's, there's a pyramid developing and, you know, the, the inclusion or the launch of books. So we had um, Mike Dewar's book a few months ago and now Scott's uh, kind of going through the process of re releasing a sort of beta version and a, a full published version. So, you know, that will only help people come into where. Uh, into its usage, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I think it also, to stay. yeah, I think it also has implications for 
something else that I pulled out was sort of, you know, the, I mean, obviously a big part of the D3 is the, you know, degree to which you can interact with the data itself and sort of play with it and transform it um, as a user. And I think that's sort of like another thing that I saw, you know, gain a lot of ground in, in the past year was partially because of D3, but just in general, sort of the the user interface and sort of the experience of actually, you know, working with the data and, and maybe trying to, you know, explore some things within it itself. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's interesting for me coming from Flash is these whole new workflows that you can have because it's SVG. So you can export an SVG, reopen it in Illustrator and do some tweaking for print, or you can start with an Illustrator file, load it into a web page, and then start to modify parts of the of the, the graphics. And for me, that's been the, I, I still haven't figured out what that actually means, but it's been quite interesting <laughs> to work with that. Yeah, yeah. And I the demand for these integrated workflows where you have an interactive visualization and print pieces produced out of that, mm. that might link back, you know, deep link into the interactive pieces. I've heard that so often and it's now we are really getting a bit closer there to to have nice, nice integrated workflows between print and interactive there. So oh yeah, that's one of the predictions 2013 for me. Yes. <laughs> so we, we finished now, did we? Yeah, I, I did my part. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so basically big developments were education, D3, what else? I, I think the democratization now of the infographics. Mm -hmm. uh, if you all know uh, many eyes, that was uh, called the democratization of data viz. Everybody can uh, visualize their own data. And now I, I made a list. So I, I, I came to like a really big list. We have review, visualize me, visually, vengage, sorry, visualize. <laughs> Easily an infogram, but I probably forgot a few, which <laughs> seem all to have some business plan on, on top of having mm. people uh, make, so people can get to, to make their own infographics you know, of their resume, of their social media data, of their <coughs> GPS running and everything like that. And that all happened in this year, I think, and a bit of last year, which seems to be something, I mean, is it? Do you think it's useful? Do you think it's it's will be successful? Well, uh, just to pick up on that, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting observation because I think also from the perspective of being a blogger, I've, I've seen a reduction in the amount of uh, terrible graphics, tower posters, infographics being requested for me to put on the site. And I've mm -hmm. noticed there's been less kind of working their way around the bloggersphere and Twitter sphere. And I wonder if the... You got a reduction of people emailing you for yeah yeah okay I'll I'll forward them to you then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get about five sure. per day. <laughs> but I, I do think that uh, you know a, a, a venue or a place a platform such as visually in this last year has really kind of given all these people a, a place to to home in on and, and publish these without having to go through uh, I guess necessary blog editors in in the traditional sense so i think it's i think it's kind of clear you mean there's ghettos now for these types of people there's ghetto there's, a, there's an underground <laughs> ghetto that's right <laughs> at least <laughs> towers hang out but um i so think glad we solved that problem right? <laughs> <laughs> well that you know there's themes of batman there but um <laughs> i think what, what's what's interesting there therefore is it it's allowed the the better quality to to emerge uh, and I, i've certainly picked out a a few good quality infographics this year that really stood out where in the past they may have been clouded out from being visible by all this noise that we've seen. So um, personally speaking, going back to Andrew's question, I've not used, um, I don't think any of those tools uh, particularly, but I have seen, you know, people use them and, and they do seem to, to have certainly got a, a market and uh, a population out there that do require these tools. So, you know, you know, good for them. Hope they do well. Yeah, it's also getting popular in other sense. And I notice that people are using them in their PowerPoints, for instance. Mm. I mean, say, instead of having a picture of I don't know, trees when they talk about sustainability, they take an infographics, they Google somewhere that says some sort of fact about sustainability. So it's, yeah. that, it's becoming like the new stock image mm. for PowerPoints. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, the word clouds are not, you cannot kill them anyway. So they have become no. part of any yeah, good PowerPoint okay. presentation anyways. And, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I got a few requests to do a few of these this year. So most, most of the time <laughs> I, I could battle it, but I did one. I won't say for whom. <laughs> 
<laughs> so more trends. Yeah. How about I, I academic think, trends? Yeah, this is what I was going to mention. You know, Very nice. well, Moritz. Yeah. I think no. I mean, a connected trend. I think that very slowly. Uh, researchers in academic set, academic settings are realizing that there are other aspects other than efficiency. And that's mm -hmm. happening very slowly. But for instance, this year at the, at, this week, at the This Week conference, we had a couple or even more papers that were a little more focused on, on, on other aspects or Even the idea of using visualization not only as a discovery or exploratory tool, but also as a as a communication tool, because this is what is what is happening out of academia. People are basically using visualization as a way to communicate something, and there is a huge gap of, in terms of research of how to use about how to use visualization as a communication tool. And uh, I have seen some some little little new pieces of research coming coming up and I think we're going to have more of this in the future. <clears throat> and did that manifest itself for you Enrico and, and Andrew I think you were there as well mm. in a more successful this week? Sorry can you say it again? Did that manifest itself into be uh, a more successful this week from your perspectives? You mean the last one? Mm -hmm. Oh <laughs> It's hard to tell. Honestly, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm very biased, but this week for me is always great. So it's it's really hard to tell whether one is better than another. Sure. It's true that this year we had, this year and last year we had a a few a few papers that were really really interesting and out of the normal way of standard way of seeing at this. So for instance, this year we had a nice study. I saw a nice study about how to communicate, how to understand, uh, how was it? Uh, Bayesian inference in uh, with visualization, which sounds like something complicated, but basically it's when you have to, when you have to visually communicate information about probabilities. Mm. There was a very interesting study that actually demonstrate, kind of demonstrated that visualization doesn't really help. Oh. <laughs> but, but it's important. This kind of, this kind of studies are really important. Okay? <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, it's more complicated than that. But it, no, I mean, it's important to tell people when visualization doesn't help, right? And why mm. it doesn't help. Actually, yeah, but only afterwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After the chance. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, the reason why I'm mentioning this study is more because the study is much more focused on using visualization as a communication tool, right? Rather than discovery and exploration. So, in that sense, I remember a paper about uh, where they were comparing different PowerPoint presentations that about the same subject. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And whether people from a different academic background are, are communicating the same mm -hmm. concept in a different visual way, which was quite interesting. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Uh, the other one I want to mention is from Andrew. He actually presented a paper where um, <laughs> you don't want to speak about that. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, no, really. I think it, it was a really nice piece of research, and uh, again, a little unconventional compared to the stuff that people present there normally. And again, Andrew tried to set up a study to see what's the impact of aesthetics. And uh, in visualization, and again, I think it's it's a first interesting step that is, and it's one kind of study that doesn't necessarily focus on efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. So we are little by little discovering that efficiency is important, but there are other aspects that come into place and which are also dependent on the context in which you put a, a given mm -hmm. visualization. So a visualization doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? So you cannot... You can never tell whether a visualization is good or bad unless you put it in a specific context. I don't know, maybe you, Andrew, yeah. you want to add anything about, something about that? Yeah, well, that's sort of the, the thing I was, um, I'm trying to look for, but it's not very easy to kind of come up with a scientific way to do that. And Erika, you tried as well. And, and I tried as well, <laughs> it's pretty hard. <laughs> yes. yes, it's very sure. hard. To kind sure. of prove, for instance, you say aesthetics, but I try to... Not to use that word. I try to say style because so aesthetics. Style, yeah. I sure. many people um, are kind of different reactions to that. 
but it, it's, I think it's correct what you say. So if you use visualization for communication, and we see all these designers being very successful, why are they? Well, why are they successful? And and what is yeah. success? You know, let's you could say the number of hits, but maybe also successful in other ways uh, that then common tools cannot do. So we're trying to find these kind of you know what are these qualities that designers can bring in visualization because then maybe you know scientists will incorporate them if we have some numerical proof for instance yeah sure. but it's not an easy task no. sure well, once again i hear a strange noise i'm yes, sorry i have to a mobile phone it must be a <laughs> mobile phone from somebody okay looks it's better so if I if I have to predict something for 2013 or even 14, I think researcher will have to catch up with what has been happening in the in the real world. I think right now we have a lot of development, a lot of development to using visualization for story, storytelling, communication, all these sorts of things. Mm. And research is not very well de developed in this area. And my prediction is that it's going to be. We're going to see more and more studies in this direction. That's going to happen, I'm sure. That realm. I also want to mention this. this is a postcard oh, yeah, of sure. it. Yeah. Sure. That was uh, also a very popular topic at this week. I think there were two papers or three papers even. Yeah. Uh, about about sketchiness and and adding you know more more it's an aesthetic style again on top of a visualization and people were researching how that could be useful. And that was kind of seemed to be kind of giving a buzz to the whole room at, at, at this week. Not sure if that people will pick it up in 2013 and can mm. you make it more useful than what was shown at a, at a conference because it was not immediately obvious what it could be used for, but people were quite enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I think I, I also noticed that, that um, anything that brings back that human factor into data is, you know, immediately resonates with people and, and that could be like graphical style or... Um, the the way you think about data, like how how much you bring it into people's lives, um, or what type of data you use, right? So I, I think that's that's been a big thing last year. That also the the handmade things like Natalie Miebach, uh, Stephanie Posavec, like mm. really hand crafting visualizations. The whole density design lab, you know, also <clears> has <throat> this uh, the work coming from there has this quality that it has been touched by a hand, you know, before it mm -hmm. sort of leaves mm -hmm. the <laughs> the press. Yeah, and the stuff that uh, goes on the Accurat web. they're doing. Yeah, Accurat. the powers yeah. lab. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's been quite a trend as well. That these these very personal handmade. Um, Human things. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you touched yeah. on it already briefly. Is of course storytelling. So I think the years before, everybody was like talking about storytelling, yeah. and now people actually did it. I think right. that's like <laughs> that's exactly. it actually happened, yeah. and people figure out how it works. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes away from being a buzzword, and you can actually, you know, kind of like see examples of it more and more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing I wanted to mention again related to what I was saying is that I think that the development we will see in academia and out of academia is not only on studying how people how people use visualization to communicate or how people perceive certain features or visualizations in, in a given context or whatever. It's also that I think we will see more and more technological development in this area. And from research as well. So what I expect to see is researchers coming up with new tools or techniques to help people develop visualizations that are more targeted towards storytelling, communication, this kind of stuff. Mm. So I, I wonder, um, Enrico, if, if from a, an academic perspective you've seen anything or whether this would be related kind of from a research perspective, but I've been seeing sort of like a lot of ties between data visualization and actually um, sort of like graphic novels or comic book design. And I wonder if there's a body of research sort of around how storytelling works in those scenarios and, you know, whether or not that could be applicable to data visualization. Again, I think the way I see that we are in a in a kind of situation where research is is has to catch up with what has been happening during the last year or so and uh, during our last episode we we our last episode was with robert kosara and mm -hmm. i know he's been mentioning that he's doing research in storytelling at tableau and mm -hmm. i'm sure they will be publishing stuff i'm totally sure they they're, they're going to publish stuff either or even 
both in, in the area of user studies or new technological developments. So for sure, 100%, we're going to see something out of this, this lab. But, you know, people are always looking what the others do. So a consequence will be that other researchers will be focusing more on this area because so far, very, very few researchers have been doing this kind of research. That's why I'm predicting that in one year or even two years, many more researchers will be focusing on this kind of stuff. Mm. But no, the, the answer is actually... Uh-oh. Oops, there he goes. <laughs> that was too controversial. I had to kick him <laughs> Somebody kicked him. The answer is actually... Close hanger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The murderer was... <laughs> Uh, but just to add to that, for the storytelling, I, I think there's a f- quite a few more tools also now now popping up that support. Uh, one I came across is called Popcorn from Mozilla Labs, hmm. and mm-hmm. it it allows you just to put things in sequence, you know, and and put a narrative behind them. Nice. You can sort of mix media and make exactly that thing that everybody's looking for is this sort of half interactive movie type thing. And mm-hmm. and uh, one prediction for 2013, there will be more tools in this direction because at the moment it's very hard to do mm. nice narratives, animated narratives. So would that be like the, the infographics tools that I mentioned before? Huh? If they make it more animated, would that, would that be the similar thing or would it still be different? I, it's, I think it's a difference in a sense that what Visually does is more like a template you can fill with your own data. It's like mm-hmm. you pour your data in a pre-made like, thing mm-hmm. and popcorn is more like a movie maker or you know or a tool that allows you to create yeah, but, your own but these story things could be merged probably or exactly there's a middle yeah. ground sure yeah, absolutely yeah. hey enrico you're still alive yeah. that's that's great <laughs> <laughs> oh but Oops. no sound no i sound. think yeah you have to unmute yourself enrico you have to unmute yourself yeah you have to click on yeah. hey there there you go. Go. He's back. good to Sorry. see you yeah. 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 I had a network problem. I don't know. He went into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the middle of your sentence. Yeah. I, I think I I'm having a network nuts. problem too because my beer is getting left. empty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, uh, just on that point of storytelling, and obviously the at the very end of the year, we had the uh, fantastic um, project from the New York Times. The, uh, the the snowfall, snowfall project, yeah. which was just you know incredible and in- innovative, and you can only expect that a lot of similar organisations will look to that as a as a blueprint to you know not to copy in the in the in the most um, uh, blatant sense, but you know to to be inspired by as, as an approach to such an immersive and, and multimedia piece as that. Because I mean, it was you know fantastic and. I'm sure that mm-hmm. most people who started looking at it probably saw it all the way through to the to its conclusion, which is probably rare from a from many projects that we see as well. So I think that can was. You, a, can you describe it a bit for for those who haven't seen it? It was a kind of a almost a, an episodic um, story about um, this. I mean, I, I have slept and I've had Christmas since I looked at it first time, so I can't remember all the details. But it was just this very immersive. Um, Multifaceted story. Um, I think it was a couple of people got um, uh, lost in, in in some really terrible snow, snowy conditions, and it had videos, it had text, it had interactive pieces, it had this kind of um, scrollable in-screen uh, story, and, and I think most people saw it just just love the kind of cohesiveness of it as well. It wasn't something that had uh, a mm. clumsy interruption from video. Mm. It was just something that was so synthesised and, and well well planned. And if you look at the the, the Attributions; those who were involved. I mean, you had people from all sort, all uh, sides of the uh, New York Times: designers, developers, three D artists, journalists. Mm-hmm. So, just from a, a, the perspective, and obviously, Moritz, you'll be particularly kind of acutely aware of the challenge of working in a team of a lot of people with the work that you did on uh, Emoto. I imagine, you know, just to bring all those people together and to create such a, a, a synthesized, integrated piece was was kind of fantastic, really. Yeah, and I think the the other thing about it is that it's a really long form piece too. You know, it takes you a while to get through it, and they they break it up with interaction with video and kind of like you know give you breaks from it, but also just kind of make it you know like you said a seamless experience to to get from A to B. I mean, there's not you know there's not a ton of visualization in it, but there is. I mean, there's obviously like the um, 
you know, the, the different 3D renderings and then, of course, diagrams and things like that um, to kind of explain the story. So, I mean, I think they're, you know, it, it's a good starting point, uh, obviously, for journalism and storytelling. But I think, you know, the, a visualization, uh, you know, kind of heavy version of it could be exciting as well. Mm. Yeah, but I, I agree that the, the, this closed form it had, that was really what it was so impressive about. You wouldn't want mm. to single out any single of these graphics, but... There was right. such a cohesive experience and you were always scrolling down, just waiting for the next, you know, what's, yeah. what's the next chapter, what's the next part. And, and it wasn't, and, and it wasn't kind of sandwiched in the New York Times normal yeah. sort of layout, you know, it was kind of only about that piece mm -hmm. and you don't need mm -hmm. to, you know, have some million sidebars and kind of, you know, different directions you can go in. It's sort of like the only other direction is kind of deeper into the story. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, I mean, traditional journalists will sometimes say, you know, the graphics department, they want to make things simple and dump it down a bit, you know. And I think these features also prove that you can draw people into even much more complex stories, you know, if you have this nice media integration and, and really, I, I wouldn't, have, I didn't read the whole article, but I read like three pages, which is like super much for me already. <laughs> Because I do have attention span problem. <laughs> so. But I know for a fact that, it, I mean, it's, it's still not the first time this has been done. And I know that um, Sarah Slobin from the Wall Street Journal tweeted some additional examples that, Uh, were out there before this, but obviously the, the profile of the New York Times kind of reached a, a larger audience in our uh, yeah. field, at least. Uh, but I think the other thing about storytelling, um, I think there's, there's a great myth out there that it's some magic solution, but actually, essentially, at its most basic level, it's just taking care of the audience and, and thinking about how you structure a story in terms of your data, even if it's just an annotated chart arrows, you know, pointing out key, key insights, key captions. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's a great uh, secret to it. I think it's just, you know, more people trying to show care to give people a, a true insight from a, a data set or a, or a story, really. Yeah, I've, I've seen one other sort of thing along these lines that's a bit simpler, kind of what you were just saying. Um, and it's from EJ Fox, who I think still works at Mother Jones. And um, he, he's working on, on a... On a thing on github and we can post a link to it but essentially it's kind of a, a stepper in some ways that walks you through you know lets you create a kind of story um you know you're doing it with code but it's almost a little bit like a powerpoint that you're seeing one thing at a time but um you know it's kind of lets you do captions lets you kind of embed some interactive elements so that's kind of another kind of similar um but maybe more simplified version of the same idea That sounds very similar to that popcorn tool. And uh, <clears throat> as I said, I think there will be much more tools like blending PowerPoint, <laughs> D3, and like... I mean, essentially, it's, you know, kind of marrying text and image as much as possible. And, and just, we're back to the 90s, multimedia all along. CD-ROMs. Exactly. Andrew, it's our time now. It's our time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flash. <laughs> <Ta -da>! <laughs> <laughs> And just a segue to kind of a, another observation from the last year was um, the amount of individuals and organizations that shared their narratives, the design narratives. I thought that was great. So mm -hmm. from the New York Times point of view, I had um, the likes of Kevin Queeley with his fantastic charts and things blog, you know, not going for the full what's and all uh, design process, but just revealing some of the background workings and some of the secrets behind their workflow. And the uh, Washington Post have just started a blog recently, which also reveals some of the work behind their uh, pieces. And I, I think it's great when you see um, people justifying and reasoning how and why they've arrived at a solution, given the problem they were given. And I think that's a much healthier place for us to judge if something's good or not. And uh, I know Brian does a great job in critique and work almost some, sometimes blindly to the objectives and, and the intentions. But um, to see people sharing their narratives, I think, is, is, a, is a wonderful development. And, and that's mostly infographics, and news infographics. I would hope that uh, mm -hmm. data vis people, I mean, I know that uh, Moritz is doing it, um, but that few more people will, will, will that's more like a common thing. Yeah, um, I hope that will yeah, happen in the future. It's something it's something I'm shooting for to to try and move into is maybe away a little bit from the the more blind critique and trying to get you know talk to talk to people a bit and and mm -hmm. try and publish their reasoning too. So absolutely. So that's a plan for your blog to to um to make features that get in touch with the authors directly and and yeah, have so a little bit of back of, and forth. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, there, like you said, there, we've seen a lot more of these uh, on a couple of different sites, but, you know, almost like trying to get people to do it, asking people to do it might be, you know, more effective than kind of ex- expecting them to, to publish their own blog about it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes critique is fair if you just look at the end piece, but sometimes you really have to understand the, the project constraints to understand yeah, why right. certain that's decisions were good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a nice, nice move. So speaking speaking of blogging, I want to mention maybe something that didn't happen in 2012. I think, so we have a few bloggers here mm-hmm. in this show right now. And uh, as far as I can tell, nothing special happened in, the, in, the, in terms of blogging in our area, right? You mean in, like in new, blogs new, new blogs, yeah. Sorry? In terms of new blogs and... In terms local, of new blogs, competition. yeah. Well, yeah. I heard there's this podcast, and they they seem to do really nice work. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's just you know, it's been quite yeah. ridiculous. Different. Don't don't believe the hype. <laughs> yeah, that was the perfect ball for you. You catch you. Yeah, that was perfect. Actually, it's an interesting. We didn't prepare it. I've no. um, <laughs> I've spoken to a few people um, through my courses actually, and these are people who are trying to find a route into the subject in a, in a more visible way. Um, and a lot of them have been held back, I think, from doing or launching blogs because they don't quite know what space is left available. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, and I often tell them that actually just putting their own work up there or sharing their own thoughts, their own convictions is, is a great start. But I, th- I think to a lot of people, there's a, there's a certain barrier to joining the, the, the club, as it were, just sure, from sure, the sheer sure. fact that everything seems, from their perspective, to have been sewn up and, and covered already. But, you know, I, I do, do try and encourage people to, to get involved because it's such a, a great way to publicise yourself, but sure. also your own work and your own thoughts. Well, there is an alternative. No, but... they, they could contact one of us and ask if they could guest block. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. They, you know, if they feel so, they can always contact me. Sure. But I do know that I mean there was a, there was a great site that you suppose quite often called "Fell in Love with Data," and I think that's dried up quite a lot recently. Mm. I'd like to see that being picked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean seriously, maybe it's not a bad thing the fact that we didn't we didn't see any new blogs around. But maybe another connected trend is that we saw many more books coming out. Mm-hmm. So in a way, people are not blogging more. Or we don't have new blogs, but we have new books, which in a way can be seen as a as a as a way to make to turn information from blogs into into something that is more solid, like books. More permanent. Right? So uh, more permanent. Mm. So that's definitely the case for you, Andy. Probably yeah. in a way, it's similar for Alberto Cairo, even if it's not exactly the same. So I yeah. think it's a good thing that we are seeing more solid material because a blog, in a way, it's always so regardless, the style in a way is something that develops over time and it's limited to the, sing- to, a sing- to the space of a single post. So you cannot really go as deep as you would like and you mm. cannot, it's very hard to build a coherent picture out of several blog posts, right? So having, not having new blogs, but having new books is definitely a good thing in my opinion. I, I also think, I think Robert picked up on this in the last episode that you did about the growth of things like Pinterest boards and tumblers. Oh yeah, sure, sure. So I think that's another way for people to, to get in there, just to kind of collate and curate things that they like. And hopefully they'll then take the leap onto the next stage, which is, you know, commenting on these things and, and critiquing and, and, you know, and I think, I mean, from, from my point of view, starting the blog uh, coming up to three years now, was always about trying to force myself to write about the subject which carves and crafts up your own convictions and your own thoughts yeah. and beliefs, and it forces you to learn. Uh, and also the quality of writing, you know, you, you can't just put anything up there. You, you have to really think about and care for the words that you put up there because you will get, you know, quite quickly picked up on things. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd like to see more, more blogs this year. Whether or not that will happen, who, who knows, because there are these very rapid tools and efficient tools for doing it quickly, but it would be great to see some new uh, voices out there. I absolutely agree. And it's interesting now that you say, but it's true. Maybe blogging has, has gone down the last year a bit, but I just realized what I'm missing is really good conversation about InfoWiz on the web, like not just good writing, you know, in in a one directional Mm -hmm. manner, but 
we used to have lots of discussions around a single blog post, you know, like uh, Manuel Lima's manifesto, yeah, Robert Cazaro's line in the sand. Um, <laughs> yeah, the but there, there was really substantial discussion going on. <laughs> so fine. the, the, the discussion was longer than the blog post by far. And I couldn't recall that from the last year. And I think maybe that has, that has sort of that's suffered. Now, that's now taking place on Twitter. So my comments... Yeah, but there's a problem with discussions on Twitter. Well, yeah. Right? I mean... But the, 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 the volume of <laughs> comments that come onto my side have, have, have certainly, you know, reduced. And I think that's because people prefer to have their voice being heard on Twitter rather than being stuck away in a hidden comment on a... But I, I, I recall that very same uh, manifesto discussion, which was fantastic. It, it, it drew uh, the likes of David McCandless and Stephen Few and, you know, all the big hitters were on, on one place and pounding away against each other and you know it was fantastic do you think there's a reason is it like are we congealing around certain ideas and there's not as much sort of controversial you know thoughts in data visualization or is oh, that yes, kind of a naive still, thought i would say the discussion maybe I, I have the impression people got sick a bit of the discussion mm. And, Plus uh, one. and there, there, <laughs> and there quite a few posts that went in the same direction and did not get any comment, or mm. from not at least from those people on the that were on the on the big discussion list. Uh, maybe Just people like, are not made the point again. Mm -hmm. Maybe people are more focused on doing, which is good. Right. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's my impression too. I mean, the one thing is really you can only discuss like aesthetics versus functionality five times, and then you're done. Uh, with that's it. yeah. Oh, shall, shall we do it again? Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tired of it already. Uh, just for the. Okay. <laughs> I can point the static guy. <laughs> no, and the second thing is really everybody's doing his thing. Like everybody's running with what he's got, you know, or she, and just doing his thing. And that's a good thing, probably. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we have one viewer. Did you notice that? Oh, who's that? that so if you are there, we will never learn. Oh man! Oh, maybe on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big audience. Move on. <laughs> Comparing to the people here. Huh? <laughs> One at a time, please. <laughs> Don't push. Um, I'll I'll so counter trend. Yeah, that narrative thing we discussed. Just to move on, or did you want to add to that, Enrico? No, I wanted to mention another topic, but go ahead. Cool. Same with me. Same with you. So go I'll go way. first. You, who, goes, who goes first? I'll go first. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to say, of course. <laughs> so I was wondering whether you guys want to mention one or two people who think had a major, major developments in 2012. So we already mentioned Mike Bostock. I think that's, that's clear. Who else do you do you guys want to mention? Oh, Andy wants to mention something. I put my hand up. Um, I, I don't think you could avoid uh, Santiago and the work yeah. he's done over this last, mm -hmm. uh, well, especially the last six months. I mean, it's it's been quite prolific. The the new projects that he's, he's, he's published out there. And I know that some of them have been work that he's started out in previous years that he's kind of now refining and, and publish, publishing. But you know, some of the stuff he's been doing has, has been quite staggering. So I think he's he's dominated a lot of the uh, the new work of the last six months, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and he has such a strong style, such a strong personal style. And I think you can really see how fluent he is in code, that he's really, like, not hindered by it at all. And that's always so. <laughs> he's a virtuoso, so that's that's great to see. Yeah, he's cool. And Mike, for me, it's Mike. Uh, but I said that already. So yeah, and the New, the yeah, New York Times graphics department in general. Right? Yeah. They brought some they, very beautiful pieces out the whole year. Yeah. And let's say, Moritz, I mean, it's embarrassing for him to hear this, but, you know, some of the work that you've been involved in, Moritz, has been fantastic. This oh, well, we don't That's talk about <laughs> Well, maybe even... Just reflecting on the Emoto in particular, I mean, that was a huge undertaking. You know, what, what's, how do you look back on that now? Oh, it, yeah, I mean, that was one of the big things of the year for us. And I mean, I sort of see it as a failure as well, because I, <laughs> I know <laughs> I know what we set out to do and, you know, and, and, and we hit a lot of rocks along the road. But at the same time, I'm really happy uh, about how it turned out. Mm. And I mean, that's always with the good projects that, you know, you, you, you sort of, you have a sort of a certain ambivalency about them, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, that's, 
I mean, I think I said at the beginning of the year, real time is going to be big. And I realized over the year that sculptures and, and physical things are also <coughs> the, one of the main themes. And so from this end, I'm also really happy to to have learned about these things so much and, and to be able to experiment with them in the setting and this unique team and this unique context. So, yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. But I, I, I would have a few ideas of how to do it again, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. maybe next, next Olympia. Sure. Uh, but do you think like real time is, is like, I mean, real time would, would, uh, was very big in the time of the year of the Olympics, right? Everything that came out, oh, Moritz is gone. It was actually a question for you. I'll ask you all. <laughs> I thought real time was was sort of coming up during the Olympics with all the real, uh, and football, uh, UEFA, um, and then it's sort of you know out, out of outside of sports. I haven't seen any big or I don't know if there were I don't know if there were any with the U.S. elections or not. Yeah, it's really real time or yeah, but like that, that was, which was not a, a red and blue map. Right. Not sure. Very good. There we go. Here is Welcome my back. Yeah. Hey Don't guys. your network, huh? Yeah. Be back. Must have been. Kitchen time, eh? <laughs> that was a cameraman. I was gone. Yeah. <laughs> from, from time. Yeah. Oh, my beer. Time to time, there is. Oh, it's a new beer. <laughs> I swear, genuine no, network problems. Ah, yeah. these ISPs. Yeah. yeah. Beer network problem. <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, but what just was the question? Those, Real time. Um, those last two points about um, the Olympics and the Euros and UEFA. Uh, you know, these are big data visualization events, and it's now become such an important device and, and product for all these organizations to, to show that they've got something in their armory as well. And what and was the elections? And the Sorry? elections. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. elections. Yeah. Um, but I think what's interesting for me is that, you know, during the US elections in particular, and Brian will be probably most kind of close to all this, is the amount of choropleth maps. You just this kind of saturation of the same device. But mm. actually, kind of the kind of contrarian products like the, um, the Guardian balloon project, if you recall that one, mm -hmm. where you could drag the balloons, depending on how you yeah. want it to sort of do the different scenarios. Must have got so many hits because it was something new and different and uh, and novelty. Yeah, uh, and it's kind of an interesting thing, you know. If you're facing another big event in the future, do you play it straight with the obvious tool, or do you try and find something that differentiates you from the from the rest? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think another example of exactly what you're talking about with the U.S. elections is the again the New York Times 512 pass. I mean, that was one. That was just the most I've seen kind of saturated, even amongst my friends, you know, who are not anywhere closely related to data visualization. They, you know, they're kind of sharing that because it just made a lot more sense than a Corpath map. And it was something different. And, you know, it just really, I mean, that was, that was the best way to distill it is there are, you know, this many different scenarios of different ways this can go. And that's all, you know, all the pundits are talking about. But this is it, you know, kind of in one screen real estate, and you can kind of get it immediately. And that was that was a huge one. Mm. Yeah. There's also a new trend for, to, for uh, like politicians in the Senate and Congress with infographics. Mm. Absolutely, yep. during their 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 big talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, I know someone at the Congressional Budget Office, and he's on Twitter too, Jonathan Schwabish, and does all he does a lot. Um, kind of obviously educating um, people uh, in the, in the government about you know making data visualization, making graphs and, but also, you know, he, you know, he's working on projects that help explain what's going on, but also, you know, you can see, um, you know, you can see it coming up a lot more as, as a tool for, for people in politics to, to, you know, use. Mm, absolutely. I think that that's been a big thing really. Also this, like against maybe this narrative trend, these tools for real-time monitoring and like understanding complex systems and understanding complex processes. We had the 512 paths. We had the, I think for me, it was the best work was the wind map by uh, Fernando Viegas and Martin Wattenberg, mm -hmm. which is just, you know, there's no narrative. It's just, you can see all the winds blowing right now in the States. I mean, <laughs> how awesome <laughs> is that? And 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 maybe also, yeah, things like these real-time um sports uh, or second screen applications, these mm. types of things, they are now really starting to, to, to get some traction. I think people have been talking about it for a while, but now it's, it's happening. And just picking up on Brian's 
point there about people using uh, these tools who are not in this field, you know, just average people. Uh, I think the other tool that seemed to kind of go beyond those boundaries was the Guardian's um, gay rights uh, visualisation that did, I think it was around March or April. That was something that seemed to once again penetrate into into normal real life and people were using that as a, as a tool to explore all the different um, kind of uh, different levels of liberal attitudes and uh, situations around the different states in the US. So I think that was another example of something that really reached out to, to normal people and, and non-vis people, which was great. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know, do you want to mention more? Who's got more trends or anything? I suppose just one more observation was just the quality or the perceived quality of the conferences last year. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I attended uh, Malofiage and uh, Visualize, which were both, you know, excellent, excellent events. Uh, I heard great things about VizWeek and obviously IO Festival, you know, as ever went down really well. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope that same trend continues next year. So the announcement yesterday of the first 29 people, I think, for the IO Festival was announced, which is great. And there's um, a... An event taking place in Boston in May called the something like the Open Viz Conference that I think uh, Irene Ross is involved in. So that sounds like a great lineup. And I think Moritz, uh, no, sorry, um, I'm not sure if Mor Moritz is involved, but Tapestry at the end of the month is is mm -hmm. coming up, which sounds great. Robert Cazara's at that. I think so forever, yeah. um, you know, hopefully the, the, the same trend will continue next year. You know, these quality events bringing people together. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, that's what I had on my list as well. And one other one was the, um, the you know, another year of the visualizing marathon, which um, oh, yeah. you know, taking place all over the world and, you know, obviously judging and winners from that as well. Kind of help, all these things help kind of, you know, uh, coalesce, you know, figure out what the, the community is, you know, connect people in the data visualization community and kind of, you know, just kind of expand it a bit. Yeah, and in the marathon, I think it was so obvious how much the quality has changed over the last like yeah. 18 months, you know. <clears throat> and now we had like thousands of students participate and you could look at a random piece and it was really decent, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, that's super amazing if you think of, that these things are done in 48 hours by, by beginners. <laughs> it's like really cool. So yeah. I think that that alone shows how much the field has, has changed already. I think the, the same is true for... I don't remember the name. What's the contest organized by David McCandless? Info is Beauty Awards. Info is Beauty Awards. I think Moritz, I think you participated. Weren't these the ones that won? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. There was another one. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Thanks, Nick, you'll get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> you want to see the trophies? I get the trophies. Yeah, get them. Get them. <laughs> He's actually gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got yeah, he's got it. Yeah, he got that. Wow. Wow. What is the I mean? Information. <laughs> physical physical trophies, actually. Oh. Wow. Looks like it. That's cool. The other one looks like an info point. Yeah, it's like, yeah, if you have questions about a ticketing system. Yeah, you ask it. Yeah, come here. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Cool. No, it's a decent award. I think the jury is, is top notch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but overall, I mean, beginning of the year, we were ranting about competitions. Enrique, yeah, you might recall. I remember that. Yeah, so at that time, I hadn't won any. Well. That's so right. we were ranting, yeah. <laughs> and and now, no, but now things really have improved, I think. <laughs> as long as you win, it's really great. There are top notch competitors. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, no, but that's interesting. If, if you think back, beginning of data stores, we were really like all oh, these competitions and nothing good comes out of it, right? Yeah, I no, think it was one, of the, of, one yeah. of the first episodes we've been... Yeah. yeah. And that was half a year ago, so that don't count on our opinions too much. <laughs> 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 they might just change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, I don't know. Any, any other single works? Like, what what should people should be looking at if they want to see what was twenty twelve? What was so twenty twelve? 
Well, uh, one designer I was also going to mention who's uh, not on the radar for many uh, is a guy called Simon Scar, who works at the South China, China Post, yeah. Morning mm-hmm. Post. Uh, and he does some fantastic work out there. Um, and I first came across it, and I think you will have done Moritz and Andrew as well at Malofiage. Um, he, he does some great static work for the um, for the newspaper there, and I, I think he's you know one to watch for the next year, definitely. Yep. And he has a quite distinct style. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. very unique, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can conclude by mentioning what are your best wishes for 2013 so what's <laughs> going to be the best so the best outcome in 2013 for this of course so world peace doesn't count world peace doesn't count <laughs> well obviously so what, what, what do you want to see happening in 2013 I want to see every bookshelf with a certain book <laughs> so, yeah, sold or not yeah. sold Empty of these certain people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Constantly being refilled and still they evaporate. <laughs> uh, and, you know, honestly, I think just, you know, a continuation of the same. You know, the same, uh, I think before we came on, on, on air, we were chatting about the average being raised and, the, the you know, the median quality being raised. And I think, you know, if that continues next year, that would be a successful year for everyone, really. Yeah, it's no, all the stuff we talked about continuing, for sure. In a way, I agree. I mean, it's clear that we are growing as a community. The old field is getting better and better and more mature. So I agree. In a way, I want to see in 2013 the same rate of development we got so far. It's been it's been great, actually. We should mention that. It's been great. Mm-hmm. During the last couple of years, it's been great. I mean, yeah. I consider myself very lucky to... to I decided to work in this area and I never I never thought that it would be just so perfect i mean i don't know how, how long it's gonna last but as long as it lasts it's, it, it's been great right i absolutely. hope you guys agree <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> no it's super exciting and if you think back a year passes and so much has changed already and you know so yeah. many new people new development so it's crazy yeah, yeah. okay andrew okay. any 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 more things from you well, I was thinking we should. I would. I would like to hear more success stories of of visualization. More success stories. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, true. That's true. more like we made this visualization, and that's what we we discovered from it, or that's how much money we saved, or that's how many lives we saved, or that politician made a better decision because mm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think that that field is a bit missing these sort of things, or there could be more if we really want to prove that it, that uh, it's valuable. Right. I think that goes along with just, you know, more things, more visualizations kind of with the purpose of communication, kind of like what is the success? How do you measure the success of communicating something like, you know, and you kind of have to define that beforehand in some ways. Um, but, I, you know, I think that goes along with what we've talked about and what I want to see more of, which is, you know, using visualization, kind of the storytelling, you know, really effective examples of it, um, and just more and more. Cause I think we just started to see some really good stuff towards the end of the year, but, uh, but maybe, it, you know, hopefully that means it'll be twice that next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to mention, I fully agree with Andrew that we have had this problem for a long time now, but I always ask myself whether this is due more to the fact that these success stories don't exist at all or whether they're not communicated. And actually, I don't have an answer to that. But there might be, it might be the case that actually there are success stories out there, but they are just not people who are successful with visualization don't have time to communicate. It's possibly the detachment between those who create the things and those who use them. Yeah, exactly. You know, mm. You're not there to see people actually using these things. So, mm. uh, you know, I hope so. I mean, at least I hope so. Mm. I like to yeah, think sure. that that's the case. Yeah, I, I, it has to be. It must be. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, I think that it touches a bit on the evaluation point. And the more you move away from engineering towards cultural activity, and communication, the more difficult it becomes to measure success, mm. you know. So if you build this, you know, you have this new type of gear or screw and your motor is like 10% faster, that's that's clear, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you successfully raised awareness for a global issue, it's hard yeah, to Yeah, but you can still say mm-hmm. that visualization has a full potential to help people do something, right? 
So this can be, for instance, in the humanitarian field or in other or in science or whatever. And we are it's true that we are missing these kind of things like scientists coming to us and say, look, using Tableau, I discovered that protein X and Y interact with uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Right. And this is this can be a cure for cancer. Right. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's too big. Right. But that's the kind of thing that we are missing here. And I agree with Andrew. We, we don't know. I mean, if, if this is just not communicated or, or it's not happening at all. Mm. Yeah. I, for one, uh, would wish for integration of visualization in more mainstream tools. You know, so there's, there's no visualization in Facebook. There's no visualization in Google. There's no visualization in Word. There's no visualization on an... PowerPoint. <laughs> I, I'd like to see it on operating systems. I'm a bit confused. I mean, why why don't I have like plenty of visualization in Mac OS X? I'm I'm really confused about that. And uh, I'd like I'd like to wish for that if I can make a wish. <laughs> Great request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll be, hopefully, be noticed somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in two minutes, your phone call, phone goes and happen, Apple on the yeah. line. Yeah. Exactly. Good idea. You never know. You never know. Just money. Today. You never know who's listening to data stories. More. That's that's right. Yeah. Maybe Mark. You know. Mark who? Zuckerberg. He <laughs> 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 might be a bit too busy. But if not, hey Mark. Hey Mark. <laughs> yeah, the here. You, on the you, you can come as a guest whenever you want. <laughs> oh, that, that's an interesting. Oh, maybe we should make guest wishes. Ah, guest wishes. That? Yeah. That's or, or maybe you can suggest guests for the next year. Who yeah, should come on, guys? Oh yeah, I thought about that. Please think big. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, I already Obama. had some. Yeah. Okay. Be <laughs> 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 smaller. No, but these guys behind this infographics website, I would, I would like, you know, like uh, visually against visualizing mm -hmm. or these guys from uh, ah, uh, Vengage and, and visualize me and, and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think have them all in one episode and have them. Yeah, in one down. episode and discuss like business plans and future yeah. and what they, what, you know, what is really has... their, well, what is their kind of goal? You know, of course it's making money, but is there some, something behind it? And will they think that they can reach these goals? Mm -hmm. It's interesting to line up all the platforms. Also, maybe visualizing Oric because they are not exactly mm -hmm. a startup, but more a foundation type thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah. And Stephen yeah. Few and Eddie, right? I mean, that's... that's <laughs> <laughs> First. So Steve would be nice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, who else? David McCandless. Yeah, so we should do that. The headline, headline act would be Edward Tufte with Nigel Holmes. Ah, on the same fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. Fun, fun, fun. Would last Maybe for 10 minutes, probably. Uh, mm. <laughs> 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 10 minutes of silence. From, uh, something from the, the Tapestry Conference with Robert and, and whatever sort of comes out of that after that. Yeah. Happens. I totally thought we should have Robert again for just talking about narratives because he's now totally into it and we didn't touch on yeah. that really. And, and I think one um, one one of the, the the key speakers there is Scott McLeod who did Understanding yeah. Comics. Uh, yes, I yeah. think that would yeah. be a good one. Yeah. Uh, I already said I won't go, but I, maybe I should go. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll it. be there. You will go. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do it. Yeah. I think I will too. I can do it. Yeah, but it's always complicated doing these kind of things at conferences. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. a big achievement for me to do one at, at this week with Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. How about um, the uh, IO guys, head of the festival? So, Jer, um, Wes. Wes. Yeah, that would be nice. Dave. Or some uh, academic big guys. I won't mention names because I will forget a few. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Enrico can get you access to to a few of those, like even you know two or three together, and really talk about some some hard problems. Because I mean, we talk about research and science, mm -hmm. but I think it, for the general public, it would be nice to hear like what is the hard problem here? Yeah, in science, and, and yeah. you know, where are all these PhDs? What are they actually doing? And they're just making visualizations, or what is the hard mm -hmm. problem? And, and they might be able to explain that. Yeah, we might. Yeah, <laughs> we might be able to do that. I mean, <laughs> I would rule you think it's more fun to hang out with a few bloggers? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you surprised?
No, I do think yeah. it is fun to, to hang out with a few people. Preparation for a fizz week, it would be nice. There we go. That's a it good idea. Nice. Yeah. No, but it's true. It's true. I mean, you mentioned hard problems. I think that's that's another issue. What are the hard problems to solve here? Mm-hmm. That's, that's an issue. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Uh, excellent. Lovely episode, guys. Lovely. So like. we filled up the agenda for 2013, Moritz. You're welcome for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's enough to do now for all of us. <laughs> I think we've piled it up. Get back high to work. Enough. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> by the way, there will be, so me and Moritz, we realized that it will be one year of data stories not too far from, from today. Mid-February. And all guests be, get, a, get a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have to come. So if we, if you have any ideas on no what kind of party we, we can do, <laughs> we should make an, an online party or something. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Chat party. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, or maybe just another hangout. I think just Great. presents is, is the best way. Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. 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 Like gold golden uh, necklaces and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, like this plexiglass or like yeah. rectangle with an eye inside. Oh, yeah. You want one of these just for bragging? <laughs> maybe then i will appreciate competitions more yeah. <laughs> right yeah okay i think that's yeah. all for today thanks a lot guys it's Thank been you. a lot of fun as usual thanks all that's been great we can do that every year if it's for me sure like, yeah. sure yeah of course i'm there <laughs> good stuff okay okay bye-bye 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 bye-bye